Hi everyone and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I am your host Neve Pentney of Boyne Ergonomics. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that you're able to take away some useful practical advice from this podcast to help you reduce your own risk of discomfort at the workplace or help manage the risks among the people that you might be responsible for. So now that we know why we're here, let's get started. Hi everyone, and uh, welcome along to episode 11 of the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, where today I'm going to be talking to you about pregnancy in the workplace. What do we need to know? What are the risks? And what can we do, importantly, to reduce the risk of discomfort and stress to both the pregnant employee and also the developing child? When it comes to health and safety, pregnancy itself actually presents what I think is a really unique challenge in that you're trying to ensure the well-being and safety of both the employee and then also pregnancy is unpredictable. Like no two pregnancies are the same, even among the same employee, no two pregnancies are the same. And you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know what challenges are going to be faced. You don't know how it's going to progress. So it's really, really difficult to plan for. The only thing that you can normally plan for when it comes to pregnancy in the workplace is once a due date has been confirmed, in Ireland anyway, you know that the latest that that person is going to work up to is 38 weeks. So you can kind of plan the last date that that person will be in the workplace or that you'll be in the workplace. It's not certain. So it is really hard to plan for. Okay. Now, in Ireland, the regulations that we're concerned about when it comes to pregnancy in the workplace, and one that all employers should be aware of, is the Health, Safety and Welfare, sorry, the Safety, Health and Welfare at Work Act 2007, Chapter 2 of Part 6, which is the protection of pregnant, postnatal and breastfeeding employees. And these regulations apply from the time the employee notifies the employer that they are pregnant, they have given birth or that they are breastfeeding because it covers that whole trifecta. There are other regulations concerned with maternity leave and the protection of the job and all this kind of thing but in terms of health and safety this is the one that we're really concerned with and these regulations outline the duties of the employer to reduce the risk workplace that may potentially cause harm to the pregnant employee the developing child or the postnatal employee or the breastfeeding employee now one of the main caveats of that act is that once an employee notifies you of a pregnancy, a pregnancy risk assessment should be arranged because without this pregnancy risk assessment, you cannot clearly identify what risks are present in the workplace or any course of action. And there's no record of it. So I'm often asked, when should a pregnancy risk assessment be carried out? Now, ideally, it should be carried out as early in the pregnancy as you can. Now, in Ireland, I don't know if it's the same in other countries, but I know in Ireland, we tend not to disclose our pregnancies to employers and to friends and stuff until we've gone through the first trimester. Now, in what I would call kind of low risk-ish kind of jobs, like DSE-related jobs, where there's no direct risk from the equipment to the unborn child, as long as you're well, you know, that is okay. And I'd recommend in DSE-related jobs that the pregnancy risk assessment is organised 
once the employee has notified you because it's usually going to be after the first trimester. However, there are jobs where because of exposure to things like chemical agents, biological agents, manual handling, you really want to get that risk assessment done as early as you can because there are roles where, to be honest, once an employee notifies you that they're pregnant, they have to be taken off certain roles or off certain tasks because they present such a risk to them and to the unborn child. So in answer to the question of when should it be done, well, the risk assessment should be done as early within the pregnancy as the employee is comfortable with. As I said before, in the office environment especially, it's normally in the second trimester where it's done just because that's when employees are comfortable with people knowing that they're pregnant. And it's a very personal choice. But in higher risk jobs where there is exposure to chemicals, there is manual handling, there's biological hazards, there might be potential exposure to violent situations and that kind of thing, really the pregnancy risk assessment needs to be done as soon as the employee comes to you when they're pregnant. So we'd really get on that. And that kind of brings me on to, well, we're doing the risk assessment. And oh, somebody has also asked me before, I would generally say it's done once with the caveat that an open line of communication is kept between the employee and then either health and safety or their management that if the employee develops an issue during the pregnancy, the appropriate department is notified and the risk assessment is repeated. If the employee stays healthy and well with no issues, unless the role changes, there's not really any need to do the risk assessment again. Um, but again, open line communication is, is as soon as any issue develops. Really, if you're pregnant, you should be notifying your manager. And what are the risks itself? So, as I said before, there are some jobs that have really, really immediate and obvious risks to the pregnant employee, to the developing child, or to the breastfeeding employee or the postnatal employee. Really, what we want to do with these risks is either reduce the exposure, remove the exposure. If we can't do that, then can we adjust the employee's working hours? Can we adjust the employee's working conditions? If we offer them alternative roles to take them away from the risks altogether. And the last option, if you can't reduce the risk, you cannot remove the risk, if you cannot adjust their hours or if you cannot adjust their tasks and conditions, can't offer them alternative roles. The last option then is that, well, in Ireland anyway, an employee can be granted health and safety leave for the duration of the pregnancy because the role is and there's no alternative options available. But that is the last option. We always look to try and remove the risk, reduce it, adjust the role, do whatever we can to keep the employee in the workplace until they're ready to go and return to leave. The workplace risks themselves that we are trying to avoid or reduce exposure to, I'll just list them out here for you now. They have been identified as being postures or movements that are abrupt, severe, or give risk to excessive physical shocks, which would include direct blows to the abdomen, whole body vibration, manual handling, excessive heat or cold, ionizing and non-ionizing radiation, Biological agents, chemical agents, stress, lead and lead substances, pressure chambers, 
confined spaces and underground mine work. Now, that is just a list. I'm sure there's more. But these are the main ones that we're trying to identify in a pregnancy risk assessment. And what we also need to identify, it's not just the risk that's present. It's also we're trying to identify, is that risk there as part of an essential task to do with the role? How frequently are you exposed to the risk and for what duration? So we take all those factors into account when we're doing a pregnancy risk assessment. But the aim is always, as I said, to try and reduce the exposure or remove the exposure if needs be to those risk factors. The next thing to consider is what is it about pregnancy and the physical changes and the biological changes that can impact the ability of an employee to safely carry out their job, which they would have had no problem doing prior to pregnancy. So as I said, every pregnancy is different. I myself, like I've had two pregnancies in the workplace and both of them were totally different. One had a lot of physical effects, a lot of very, very sore back, very sore hips, difficult to be in any one position for too long. Um, I had to keep very, very mobile. The other pregnancy actually physically wasn't that bad, but mentally it was draining and exhausting. And I found it so hard to concentrate. And I found that I had to reframe how I did my tasks and break them up into little chunks because I just would get very overwhelmed and very confused. And, you know, I just really struggled mentally with the second pregnancy, whereas the first one, the issues I experienced in work were very, very physical. But I was doing exactly the same job for both pregnancies. So it is very, very individual. But um, I suppose the changes and why pregnancy can have an impact on your ability to do your job and your safety and your comfort in the workplace. The first one, I suppose, is morning sickness and nausea. Now, I know it's called morning sickness, but you know anyone who's been pregnant knows it can be any time of the day or night. But morning sickness is just the name given to it. And that can have a really, really big impact. I do remember my first pregnancy. I thought I was doing totally fine very early stages of pregnancy before I told anyone. And I was walking up the stairs into our small, tiny kitchen in the office and someone had it in there eating a banana. When I got to the top of the stairs and I smelt the banana, I turned green and I felt so ill and I just had to run to the bathroom. Never had a problem with it before. That hit me totally out of the blue. So morning sickness and nausea can really impact your ability to concentrate and do your work. Um, and when it comes to that, it's about managing it as best you can and in the workplace it can be really helpful to provide employees with what we call like a restroom or just an area where if someone's pregnant and they are experiencing nausea and morning sickness they can just go and just take a few minutes lie down if needs be or sit down and relax just take a few minutes to just let it pass and deal with it before they go back to their tasks another um change or effect I suppose of pregnancy is back discomfort and hip and pelvic discomfort and that can really affect I suppose your comfort at your workstations how long you can stay in a position whether it's sitting or whether it's standing or whatever this work it could be lifting it could be moving patients it could be doing anything but the back and hip and pelvic discomfort is really really common and can have a big impact on how you do your job and, and your ability to do your job and um, the other one is increasing size so depending on your workplace and your work area, just the physical increase in size can cause a difficulty in how you maneuver yourself around the workplace. 
and your ability to safely navigate the workplace. Also, increasing frequency of urination. So as your pregnancy progresses, of course, baby starts to put pressure on the bladder, but you need to stay hydrated. So you have to keep yourself hydrated. You have to drink water, but you're going to go to the bathroom more. Uh, depending on certain workplaces, that may mean you have to change where you base yourself so that you actually are nearer to a bathroom. Again, very, very individual, but it can impact you, especially if you are working on a job where you have to be at a workstation for a certain amount of time to cover a certain amount of shift or get a certain amount of work done or a certain percentage of a task done. That can have a huge, huge impact. Varicose veins are also really, really uncomfortable and can affect you. Fatigue is a big one. And again, it, it varies so much from person to person. Impaired balance can have an impact on your comfort and safety and impaired dexterity, agility, coordination, movement, reach, all these things that your movement, your ability to move and the postures that you can achieve are all affected, especially in third trimester as the pregnancy progresses. Heartburn, digestive issues are another one which are really, really uncomfortable and can affect your ability to concentrate in the workplace. So I think it's not a case that a pregnant employee is just pregnant and that's all we need to worry about. There are so many things to consider and so many effects that it can have on a person that can impact how they do their job. And if they're able to safely do their job and this should all, you know, you should always foster an environment where it is okay to discuss these things. It is okay to inform your manager and it is encouraged to be open because what you don't want is, you know, for you to be suffering in silence in work or you to have employees that are suffering in silence in work when they're pregnant and struggling to get their job done. Because all that's going to happen is they're going to cause increased stress, increased anxiety. You could go on and affect blood pressure. There's a whole lot of, of effects of being stressed in the workplace and we need to kind of minimize that as much as we can. Now, I've chosen next to focus on the risks associated with DSE use when pregnant. And the reason for this is, one, it's probably the most common area that I'm called in to do pregnancy risk assessments is in the office kind of corporate environment. Secondly, I find that a lot of employers feel that DSE work is relatively low risk when it comes to pregnancy. And I suppose in one respect, they are right. Like the DSE equipment itself, the screen, the keyboard, the mouse, it doesn't pose a direct risk to the pregnant, the postnatal or the breastfeeding employee. However, the risk of injury, the risk of discomfort, the risk of stress comes from improper use and prolonged use. So adverse postures, repetitive postures, static postures and just general incorrect use of equipment. So anyone at all who use the computer for more than an hour continuously a day is exposed to risk factors that could cause musculoskeletal injury, stress or discomfort. And what I find is in pregnancy, the likelihood of this happening because of these risk factors increases for a number of reasons. So a pregnant DSE user, you're at an increased risk of hip discomfort, lower back discomfort, carpal tunnel syndrome, swelling in the cap the wrists, headaches, migraines, eye strain. This is all because of a change in hormone levels, an increase in fluid retention and changes to the actual curvature of your spine and your center of gravity due to the increasing size of the bump, the uterus. So these things 
and it's a dynamic process it's changing all the time all the time so while the computer itself doesn't pose a risk it's the use of the equipment that poses the risk and it really needs to be addressed and i'll be honest prior to my own pregnancies i would have classed dse use as being fairly low risk but i've been there i have sat in poor postures i have sat in poor chairs i have sat for too long and i know the discomfort that you can feel so it is important that we get it right early on and we explain to people what they can expect and how they should adapt as the pregnancy progresses so for me my first piece of advice to somebody who is pregnant and working on a computer to reduce the risk of injury is always i always go back to my micro breaks your frequent micro breaks your changes in posture breaks away from the workstation so Static postures during pregnancy increase the risk of developing low back pain, hip pain, eye strain and swelling. When you're seated at the desk, for everybody, there's about 29 different groups of muscles in your back, just keeping you upright. And this is in any chair. It doesn't matter how good the office chair is. It doesn't matter how good it supports your lower back. These muscles still have to work. As they're contracting to keep you upright, they're using energy, creating lactic acid. If you're a static sitting or standing for long periods, the lactic acid will start to build up in your muscles and cause inflammation, swelling, stiffness and fatigue to the muscles. One, that's going to cause discomfort. Two, because the muscles are fatiguing, you're going to slouch, you're going to slump, you're going to shift into poor postures to try and get comfortable in the chair when really what you should be doing is getting up and leaving the chair because these are your body signals telling you that it's been sitting for long enough or that it's been standing in the one position for long enough and you need to give these muscles a break and move. And you have to remember the lower back, especially trimester three, comes under so much pressure because the lumbar curve can deepen as the bump grows. There is so much extra weight for the lower back to try and hold. The discs are under pressure. The muscles are under pressure. You have increased levels of relaxing in your body as well so your tendons and ligaments are under pressure too so you really need to keep mobile to give the muscles and the discs and the tendons and the ligaments a break the other issue with staying too long at the workstation is you've got all this extra fluid flowing around you kind of cushioning and helping the baby but your circulation slows down when you're static and this is in everybody so when you're pregnant static postures slow the circulation and can cause fluid to build up in the lower limbs and the wrist, which can cause your swelling, tingling, pins and needles and discomfort. And that's one of the reasons why actually pregnant DSE users have a higher risk of developing carpal tunnel syndrome. It's not that you're using the mouse any differently. It's not that you're using it any longer. It's that you can get fluid building up in the wrist. So it's something to be aware of. The fluid retention can actually also affect your vision because it can build up in and around the cornea and can result in blurred vision. So we need to be getting up as much as we can, not just to give the muscles a break, but also to keep your fluid circulating, to keep your circulation, keep your oxygen intake up. So in trimester one and two, I would follow general guidelines. I'd be getting up from the desk at least once every 45 minutes. Just even if all you did was walked around for one minute, gone and got a glass of water, went to the printer, if you're working from home, just get up and walk around the house, put the kettle on, check the front door, check if the postman has come. Any kind of movement at all. The body doesn't care what the purpose of the movement is. The body just needs you to move. And that's what I try to explain to people. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You need to move. So 
Okay. And that should be done once every 45 minutes. I would say in trimester one and two. Now, of course, more frequently if you can, the more frequently the better. Once we get to the third trimester, my recommendation is always that the longest you should be in the seated position is 30 minutes or a static standing position is 30 minutes. Because in trimester three, the bump is growing rapidly. The back is under pressure. You have a lot of fluid. There's a lot of pressure on the spine and on the muscles. They're doing so much work. They need to break. So 45 minutes is my maximum recommendation for trimester one and two and bringing it right down to 30 minutes and even less if you can in trimester three. What I'll say, especially for anyone working from home, if you are doing a high level of video calls or teams or virtual meetings, invest in a wireless headset and let that keep you mobile. Sit-stand desks can be great too, but I think that the walking around is a bit more beneficial than just standing at the desk. So, and another tip is drink loads of water. We know we need to stay hydrated anyway, but as the pregnancy progresses, the more you drink, the more you're going to have to go to the bathroom, which is a break away from the desk. So as I said, the body doesn't care why you're leaving the desk. It just needs you to move. And that is always my tip number one. Posture and equipment will do so much, but the mobility is key. My second tip is to make sure that you're using for a computer workstation. Now, this is not really an issue in the office environment because they will usually have DSE appropriate seating. Now, what do I mean by DSE appropriate seating? Well, what I mean is it has a five spoke base. It's on wheels. The chair swivels. It's height adjustable, so you can sit at the right height for your workstation. It has an adjustable backrest so you can get the lumbar support in the right position for you when you're typing in your typing posture. It has armrests. I would say I would always go for adjustable armrests in pregnancy just because as the bump grows, you may need to sit further back from the desk. And the, the armrest can give that little bit of extra support that the desk can't if you do have to move yourself back a little bit more. As I said before, when it comes to the chair as well, five spoke base with casters. Somebody actually asked me today why office chairs need to have wheels. So that was a really interesting question because I know it, but I just assume we kind of know. It is to allow for ease of movement in and out of the workstation, which is going to be really important when you're pregnant. The swivel base is so you can turn yourself away. So there's no big effort on your part required to push the chair back or pull the chair into the workstation. Ease of movement is key. The backrest as well, if the backrest itself, especially in a mesh back chair, if the backrest itself is not height adjustable, well, then the lumbar support should be adjustable so you can get it seated nicely or sit nicely into your lower back. So DSE appropriate if you're working from home and you are still using a kitchen chair or a folding chair or a bench or a stool or whatever it is, and you are pregnant, get yourself an adjustable office chair. You won't regret it at all. And I know some people hold off to it because they think, sure, what's the point? It's for a few weeks and I'm going to maternity leave. It doesn't matter. Just think of the amount of time that you physically spend in that chair a day, a week. The benefits absolutely weigh the inconvenience of having the office chair around for a little while once you go on maternity leave. You can always organise for it to be put somewhere else or sent back to the employer if that's where it's come from. But the benefits absolutely outweigh the inconvenience of it, having it in your home. So that's the micro breaks and that's your chair. The next thing we need to make sure 
of is that you're sitting at the right position for your workstation. And I've run through this before. Start with the elbows. When your shoulders are relaxed, your elbows should be the same level as the top of your work surface. Then we look at the feet. The feet should be on something solid. It can be the floor, it can be a footrest, or in pregnancy, even better, a foam roller. Help to keep those legs mobile while you're sitting. Either or, something solid under your feet. When you're in your natural typing position, your back should be in contact with your backrest to take some of the load off the spine. And the screen, when you look straight ahead, should be level with your eye line. The top third of the screen should be level with your eye line. Your keyboard and mouse should be close to your seated position. That is to allow you to be in an upright, relaxed, supported position at the workstation. And that is important. Your body is under enough strain as it is. You don't want to be adding poor or adverse postures into the mix and causing more strain. Okay, so posture is incredibly important. The best office chair and the best desk and the best screen. I do have two go-to pieces of equipment that I tend to recommend in pregnancy risk assessments, regardless of how good the chair is. And that is a footrest and a foam back support. So the reason for the foam back support is as the pregnancy progresses, there's an increased stress and strain on the lower back because of a deepening of the lower curve and the hormone relaxing, causing a bit of a stretching and a loosening of the abdominal muscles and also the increase in body weight. And some users find that, especially in trimester three, the chair just does not give the support that it did before the pregnancy. They don't feel it in the lower back like they did before. And this is where the back support comes in really handy. And I recommend using it in the car, on the kitchen table chair, on the sofa, on the office chair. It is so important when you're pregnant that when you are sitting, you have support in your lower back. So I would always recommend a phone back support. And you may not need it till trimester three, but it's great to have it there when you do. And the next piece of equipment I recommend always is a footrest. And a footrest, outside of pregnancy, most people associate it with not kind of having long enough legs to reach the floor when you're sitting at the right height for your desk. In pregnancy, it kind of serves two functions. Firstly, yes, you might have to change the height of your chair to comfortably accommodate the bump. It totally depends on the size and shape of the bump as we go. And even the shape of your desk, curved versus rectangular, you might have to adjust the height of the chair to try and get comfortable. And having a footrest means that if you do that, you still have somewhere solid to put your foot. So it covers that base. The other thing it does is even if your feet can reach the floor, it means that you have somewhere else to put your feet. So it allows you to alternate your foot position. And by putting your foot on the footrest, you're raising your thigh up off the seat, which will help to improve circulation a little bit. So even just lifting your foot up and down and alternating the foot on, on and off the footrest can help with circulation. If you're working from home, I recommend using a foam roller for this instead of a traditional footrest, just because I find the foam roller provides stability with an extra little bit of mobility, which is really important in pregnancy. So that is, we've covered so far your micro breaks, which for me are always number one. Make sure you're using an appropriate chair. Make sure you're at the right posture for your workstation. Have a footrest. And have a foam support for your back. The next thing I always look at when someone is doing a pregnancy risk assessment or I'm doing one on them is 
how do they use the keyboard and the mouse now in the last two podcast episodes and my last two blogs I did cover keyboard and mouse use if you are suffering from any wrist or hand or upper limb discomfort in pregnancy or if you have a member of staff who is I would definitely recommend checking out those two blog posts and checking out those two podcast episodes for some advice and more in-depth advice on how to use the mouse and how to use the keyboard what we're trying to do is keep them close to the body do not have the wrist in contact with any surface when you're typing and when you're using the mouse. And I am including the little foam wrist rests or the gel wrist rests on the mouse pads. Don't have them in contact with the wrist. Make sure you're taking breaks, that you don't have your hand resting on the keyboard and mouse when you're not using them. Um, and I suppose the other thing is make sure you're using the arm when you're typing when you're using the mouse, that you're not just dropping the wrist down the table and letting the hands do all the work. The movement should be coming through the arm. If you are typing and using the mouse and you're twisting and wriggling your hands from side to side and you have them in contact with your surface, you are more likely to cause swelling or encourage swelling, not cause it, but encourage it and aggravate the tendons and nerves and cause a carpal tunnel syndrome or pain or discomfort. So using your mouse and keyboard correctly can be really useful. It can sometimes be a case that we have to change the devices and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes, you know, even using good posture and good technique is not enough. We may need to change the device for something that encourages better posture. Um, but that is something I've covered in the last two episodes. So go check them out for a little bit more information. And lastly, and I've mentioned this before, in pregnancy, because it is always changing, always developing, it is so critical that you foster in the workplace an environment where communication is encouraged and that you as the pregnant employee notify your management or your health and safety HR or whoever it is that you're having an issue so all whether it be with workload whether it be physical discomfort whatever it needs to be maintain open communication with each other it can really help to reduce the risk of stress and anxiety in pregnancy um it's really stressful in work pregnancy or not if you are struggling with your workload if you are struggling to meet deadlines it's stressful now if you bring in fatigue if you bring in nausea if you bring in discomfort if you bring in all the things like that can come along with pregnancy that you know potential gestational diabetes all the things that come with pregnancy throw that into mix and it can be so stressful so make sure you're pacing your work taking your breaks set manageable deadlines and expectations and do not be afraid to speak up if there is a deadline for something and you don't think you're going to make it for whatever reason you are much better off speaking up and either delegating or requesting help with it than allowing yourself get stressed and anxious and worried and working yourself so hard to the point of exhaustion to try and meet these you have to maintain realistic expectations and deadlines when you're working when you're pregnant and it doesn't matter what the job is your capabilities will change during pregnancy be it physical be it mental but there will be a change because there has to be because your body is growing another person and that takes energy and that takes effort on the part of your body that you have no control over but what you do have control over is how you manage your tasks so don't be afraid to reach out for help and if you are a manager don't be afraid to 
approach a pregnant user every now and then or arrange meetings, I mean, just little check-ins to see how they're doing um, and see if there's anything that can be done to help. Um, but definitely, if you're a pregnant employee and you start experiencing discomfort, whether you're a DSE user or whether you work in a factory or industrial, whatever the job is, if you start having any issues, let your manager know. It's really important to look after your musculoskeletal health in pregnancy because let's be realistic the pregnancy itself is just the start when the baby arrives you're going to be sitting walking rocking bouncing lying bending carrying your body is going to be in so many different positions and carrying out so many different movements you know as you are dealing with your baby for want of a better phrase as you're changing nappies as you're rocking them to sleep as you're lifting them up and putting them down and this is going to continue on for years and years and years as they become toddler and children your the physical demands in your body don't stop when you give birth they just change so it is really important that you look after your musculoskeletal health when you're pregnant so that when you move on to the next stage you can move freely and with no pain because that's what we all want we, once the babies come we want to be able to enjoy our lives with them and do everything that they need us to do relatively pain-free um so that is why it's so important the pregnancy the birth is not the end it is the start of a whole new way of moving and being and a whole new set of demands on the body so we need to try and maintain ourselves a nice healthy system as we get through it what i will say for a complete guide if anyone wants to know where to get more information, the complete guide to the safety, health and welfare at work regulations are on the Health and Safety Authority website. So here in Ireland, it's www.hsa.ie for the complete guide to, I suppose, if you're an employer, what your obligations are. But I would say point number one, always start with your pregnancy risk assessment as early as you can. Point two, encourage mobility, whatever way it needs to be. And if you're the user, if you're the worker, whether you are on an assembly line, whether you are at a DSE, well, no matter what the job is, there will be some element of adverse postures and prolonged postures and mobility is the key for helping to reduce the risk. But definitely start with the risk assessment and repeat it if necessary, if the job changes or if the person starts to report issues. So that for me is pregnancy in the workplace done. If anyone has any questions, you can always reach out to me. As always, I will put my web and my social media handles in this in the notes, show notes, that's the word, in the show notes. I'm also going to put a link to the blog on this in case you want to print it off or have a look or, or distribute or anything like that. I'll put it into the show notes where you can find this blog. It's on my website. Um, in the meantime, if anyone has any questions or has any topics that they'd like me to cover, please feel free to get in touch. I'm always open to suggestions and happy to fit them in. And with that being done, I will leave it there and I will talk to you all next time. Everyone have a great week.